0: This is coal. Don't be afraid. You have stolen my dreams.
1: A green hydrogen powerhouse. Let's talk about climate change. Yeah, something new and different is bringing to Radio National Climate Alarmism. I mean, honestly.
0: How dare you? This is the last chance. This is The Carbon Counter, your look at news in a decarbonising world and climate economics. And as our world moves towards net zero, capital markets and investors are demanding better quality and internationally comparable information on just how companies and businesses are tackling climate change. But should companies be forced to disclose climate-related financial risk in their own reporting? The Centre for Policy Development has today made a submission to Treasury calling for exactly that. The Centre's Sustainable Economy Director is Toby Phillips. Toby, what are the current requirements? Who's required to disclose what when it comes to climate risk and financial reporting?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's pretty loose at the moment, all, all companies, all directors have a requirement to disclose any material risk that would impact the business, but that's really left up to the discretion of the directors to decide, well, you know, the world is decarbonizing, there are climate risks, but uh, does that affect our business? Well, that's a question that directors can decide themselves, and then they can decide how much they want to report. What we don't have is is any sort of framework that actually specifies, well, These are the sorts of risks that shareholders might be interested in. These are the sorts of uh, emissions reporting that we need to be standardised. And this is how we should be thinking about the global transition uh, towards a a decarbonised future. There's certainly no, no standards or frameworks in place at the moment.
0: Let's go a bit deeper because i read that government entities required, uh, well, aren't required to disclose this information. This would seem pertinent to the likes of Australia Post and how they operate deliveries or defence housing on their construction work. Uh, is there no political will to include government entities in this kind of reporting? Um,
1: look there's there's some political will so in December last year the treasurer did did make a speech to say that they would look at at including governments but you're absolutely right um, you know just the, the week before his speech, we were talking about the Future Fund, um, one of the biggest investors in the country, uh, run by the government, and really not keeping up with global expectations around reporting and transparency on on climate risk. And so, you know, government is a massive part of the economy. It's about a quarter of GDP. And, you know, you, you talked about Australia Post, defence housing. These are, these are sectors that are either very carbon intensive or very exposed to the physical risks from a changing climate. So, um, you know, just as private capital markets expect expect more from uh, companies in terms of what they're reporting, I think it's also reasonable to say that uh, government entities should be meeting the same standard.
0: I recall that the ASIC commissioner. Uh, recently warned companies for making, you know, well, you'd call them greenwashing-type disclosures to, to market. Uh, can privately held businesses be compelled to disclose their climate risk? I mean, yeah, if, if it's not not overtly criminal is my question.
1: Yeah, look, um, so, you know, a lot of the discussion so far has been about publicly traded companies but it's still really important to have uh, the ability to compare apples with apples for privately held companies too and i think you know a good example is regulations for financial statements and balance sheets like we have uh, quite clear regulations that every company whether it's publicly held or privately held uh, has to provide financial reporting to to the same standard uh, and and really you know we need the same thing for climate Risk disclosures in order to prevent greenwashing. Um, I think there's a there's a couple of big reasons for that. So one thing is is with climate disclosures, there's a lot of talk about scope three emissions, which really is where a company uh, in the future will almost certainly be required to report all the emissions in their supply chain. So that means um, if If a company, say, buys a lot of uh, cement or a lot of aluminium or a lot of airline flights, these things are very carbon intensive. A company that buys a lot of them needs to report that that's carbon activity in their supply chain. Now, if the companies that they're buying from aren't required to report the emissions intensity of those products, then the companies that do have to report are just going to be doing guesswork. And... And, you know, we have these situations where we've got two major airlines in Australia. One's publicly traded, the other one's privately owned. We have big iron ore producers, some are public, some are privately owned, big cement producers. It's really not going to help the market understand and internalise these big transition risks. If only some of the players are reporting, we, we won't be able to compare apples and apples, if you
0: like. Just briefly, the news is almost upon us, Toby, but I'm curious, what do you think the outcome of a Treasury and this process might be?
1: Well, look, I think the
0: outcome will be some sort of mandatory disclosure framework, and certainly
1: in our submission, we've said it should cover as much of the economy as possible. So, when the Treasury said they were interested in submissions because they were looking at this, their, their consultation paper really focused on the publicly traded companies and on big fund managers and investors. Um, From our side, we're really saying, look, if you don't include government entities as well, and if you don't include those privately held companies, it's like you're trying to change lanes with only one rear view mirror. Really, you need to have all parts of the economy, uh, a picture that includes all parts of the economy to effectively manage the transition.
0: So, we're certainly hoping that the Treasury uh, ends up taking that view as well. Toby Phillips is the Sustainable Economy Director at the Centre for Policy Development. Thanks for your time, Toby.